welcome to another edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your host, Tejan Graham, and we got another new episode today, a soccer edition. So today I got two very special guests. Both of them are on the men's and women's soccer team, respectively. They've both been on the podcast before, very good friends of mine, so I'm glad to have them back one final time as their seniors. From the men's soccer team, we got Tyrell Chambers, and from the women's soccer team, we got Miss Simone Branch. How are you guys doing today? Good. You know, I got to say, the last time we did this episode, you know, both of us, all of us were online. Yeah. So it's kind of been nice to kind of be back in person. Absolutely. Um, Tom, let's start with you. You know, the season's been done for probably since November, you know, it's your final year kind of. How have you been adjusting to kind of your, you know, competitive career kind of coming to a close? Um, it's been an adjustment for sure. Um, I guess now I've just kind of transitioned to school, whereas... I was more focused on soccer and improving my skills and stuff like that. Still doing that, but um, at the same time, I'm recovering from injuries too. So um, it's been a little bit different as opposed to previous years. Um, but I've looked back at this year as something that um, I can remember, I can be proud of, and just moving forward and the next chapter of my life, basically. So yeah. So how are you feeling now? I know you do that with a lot of injuries. I yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for people that don't know, kind of just talk a bit about what exactly were you dealing with? Because I, I saw it personally, but for some people that don't know, what were you dealing with? Um, still, still <laughs> dealing with. <laughs> um, so I tore my hamstring on my on my right leg, and I was dealing with a really bad shoulder injury. Yeah, I knew that one. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been dealing with that for a while now. So. Yeah. Simone, how about you? Like I said, for you, it's, it's been a crazy roller coaster because last year you were ready to play after COVID and then you tore your ACL. Yeah. So how was it for you after a full year kind of recovering, coming back to be able to play in your last year? It was definitely really tough. Even like the timing of my injury, it was literally the day before our training camp. Sorry, I should talk into the mic. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it was the day before our training camp and I was like, I grinded like really hard to kind of get back into things. And I was really excited. And I knew we had like a really strong crew. Like we had a really good squad last year. Um, so it was really tough for me to, you know, tear. I tore all three, meniscus, MCL, ACL. So it was really tough. But I think at the end of the day, it was like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I think it taught me a lot about resiliency and I was able to grow from it. So at the end of the day, I had a great, you know, role playing as like a captain being off the field. And then that kind of grew into this year with me not getting as much playing time. Um, but really fulfilling that role that I had in another way. Yeah, like we're obviously both you guys dealt with like you know personal stuff throughout your careers. We'll talk to you later on, but just quickly, just before we move on, kind of how were you personally able to kind of stay positive? Like I said, even though you weren't playing, you still were on the team, and obviously you didn't want to bring them down. So kind of like how were you able to stay positive? Because I've had my brother tear his ACL, my mom tore his ACL, so I've kind of seen how rigorous the process is. So for you, like you said, with your situation, how were you able to stay positive? I think it just came down to my personality. I'm like, I've always been a team player, so regardless of my situation, like always just making sure that I'm there for my teammates um, and just for the program, like in all, it wasn't about me, it was about like our team doing well. We had a really good crew, so yeah, I think just who I am, I'm, I don't like to be negative. Right, so, right. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that hard. Like it was hard while I was recovering to not be able to play, like that was really tough mentally, but it honestly, it made me a lot stronger, so I was grateful for it. Yeah. So let's switch gears. Let's talk a bit about your season. So I'll start with the men's soccer team. So Ty, you guys, I always say, I wish like my team had the run you guys had like last <laughs> year. Seriously, I'm not going to get into it. That's a whole different ball game. But honestly, like, you guys had like the best season yet. Like you guys were literally one win away from Clinton Nationals. Like a lot of people had a lot of accolades in the team. You personally, which we'll get into a bit, but personally just talk about going into the season. Like 
obviously last year you guys missed the playoffs. Like when we talked about the podcast last year, it was just before you guys started your your fourth season playing. And obviously, unfortunately, you guys took a step back and didn't make the playoffs. This year it was your last year, and you guys took a huge step forward in a good way. Just talk a bit about what was the focus going into this season in terms of after not missing the playoffs last year and trying to rebound for this year. Um, I can speak. Well, I'm. I don't want to speak for my team, but personally, I was there for that season last year. Right. A lot of the guys that came in were rookies or transfers, whatever it was. So we had a pretty new team and a, and a young team. So they didn't really experience what we experienced last year. I took last year kind of personally. The MJ <laughs> kind of you know, like you know, I took it personally. Right. <laughs> that was that was the first year for me playing where I didn't make playoffs. You know, and I, I didn't want a repeat of that. So. Um, the goal is always playoffs, right? And then once we get to playoffs, it's anything can happen, right? right? And that's that's what I told the guys. I said once we get to where we need to go, it's anybody's ball game, right? And I I, I allude to March Madness a lot to right. the guys. I'm like, listen, this is college sports. Anything can happen, right? right? And as you can see with us, it kind of did. <laughs> you know what I mean? We weren't able to get over the last um, hump, but no one saw us getting to the final four, so. right? For you personally, like kind of obviously as you've been the captain for how many years have you been captain of the team? Um, let's see, two years. So last year and this year. Okay. Yeah. So for you personally with the team this year, when did you know that, okay, this team has a chance to do something special? Honestly, I knew from the beginning of the season, you know, if, if everyone did what they were supposed to do, if everyone fulfilled their role and played for one another, this I knew this team was going to be special, right? And we had, we had depth, which is something we struggled with in years past. And... Um, especially with injuries too. Uh, but this year we had depth. So if someone got injured, we had someone just as capable to, to come in and fill their role right. at the same level or exceeding that level. So um, I think the entire squad played a huge role in, in getting us to where we got. And mm -hmm. yeah, from the beginning, I knew it was gonna happen. No, nah, that's amazing. Simone, last year, like I said, you didn't play, and obviously the girls' team had an amazing run. Obviously, you, you girls, I think, broke a lot of records. You girls, I think, were ranked for the first time in program history. Going into this season, obviously, with you coming back, what was the team's mindset in terms of trying to build off of last year's success? Because obviously, it was obviously heartbreaking when you guys lost in the playoffs last year. Unfortunately, you guys lost some people, but you, you came back. So what was the team's mindset going into this season of trying to take that next step like the men's team did? Yeah, I think it was definitely really positive because we came off such a big year. Like, we were whatever our record was. Like, we were undefeated, basically, other than our one defeat against At one point, you girls didn't even allow a goal. Like, yeah, like, we were... It, it was, was ridiculous. So <laughs> yeah, girls are sucking everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was, like, positive coming off of that season. We had a really good group of recruits coming in. Um, but I think... I think for us personally, it was, like, the challenge of coming off of such a strong season. And, there, you know, there was, like, a bunch of articles and different talk in the OUA because people thought we had a lighter... Which, in hindsight, like, we did have teams that we usually wouldn't have played like in the COVID year like right. because we split into three different divisions so we didn't have to we didn't have to see Ottawa we didn't have to see Queens I don't think I think mm. those were two team right nice. so right. those were like huge competitors they're like top in the country so I think coming into the season it was really going to be a test for a lot of the rookies who it was their first year playing in that three division rather than the two it's kind of like a big step of playing against like good competitors um, which was a lot more difficult and made our season harder. But I think we grew as a team. I think the rookies were able to, they all like had a really good place on the team. They all got playing time. So I think it's just positive for future and building off of that and the season that we had. Yeah, how many new um, rookies did you guys add this year? Five, I think. Five? Okay, so not, not a crazy turnover. So how long would you say it took for you guys to kind of gel your team? I know sometimes it takes a while to, for a team to gel. How long would you say your team took? 
<laughs> Definitely a few weeks. Like it's always nice because we have preseason, right? We're up here by ourselves, soccer. Yeah. So it's always nice to you know enjoy the weather and then have that preseason grind where you're with each other like basically the whole day. Um, yeah, probably. I'd say after our first like away weekend where we all kind of get comfortable, we have like rookie karaoke on the bus and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that's yeah, always fun. Definitely after <laughs> like the first weekend, we kind of all got to know each other a lot better and that kind of transitioned onto the field. Yeah. Um, so I would say I went to the playoff game for the men's soccer team the first game, and obviously everyone knows that the North Bay weather is kind of crazy, especially for that first playoff game. But honestly, though, I think the good thing about the fact is that it, because we're so used to it, obviously kind of builds a lot of grit. Um, I guess you could, either you guys can ask the question, how much of the fact that we play in such a gritty weather kind of contributes to like kind of the mental toughness? Because a lot of teams that play like in warmer cities or nicer stadiums have like all these luxuries where it's here, obviously we don't have much. So if either you guys can answer kind of how much has that played a role in kind of building the toughness of either of your teams? You want to answer that? Okay, yeah. yeah. I think obviously just same thing, when we talk about resiliency, I think, you know, going through the practice where we're playing in piss poor rain and like just the coldness aspect, like everyone plays in rain all the time, but just once the sun goes down when we're training in September and like cold. it's cold, right? Yeah. So I think just, yeah, the aspect of mental toughness, it's always good. And having the home advantage when we play in playoff situations mm -hmm. when we're in November and we've been through it, I think that's definitely an advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Tyrell? Because that, that, that um, UFT game where y'all won, man, when I said that thing was cold. <laughs> Yo, just me watching the game, I'm like, I don't know how they do it. I used to play soccer, but that was a long time ago. Those days are done. So when I saw that game, I'm like, man, this is cold. Yeah, it was. That was a dogfight of a game, by the way. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. 1-0 win, so. Yeah. We saw, like, we were out there warming up. Yeah. Right? And obviously, we're cold. We're, we're still human. Like, we were cold. <laughs> we're like, oh, my God. But it's North Bay, like Simone alluded to. We, we practice in this. We were in it every day right and then when we get on the field you know we embrace it in a sense right that's what we're used to right and then when you see your opponent not used to that it gives you a little more right warmth in a sense you're like okay <laughs> yeah. like they're not used to this yeah. we gotta run them off the field in a sense right? right and that's kind of how we approached it um both meetings actually with uft which were very cold days yeah. so, right and it's yeah. that like mentality like you guys both have to play in it so like you can't let that yeah. same thing with like refing like refing is mm. going both sides like you can't let that be a factor in your right. game. you just yeah. have to like just be grind it out in. Yeah. yeah right Exactly. Let's talk about the leadership standpoint. So you guys have both been leaders of your teams. Obviously, we've done with stuff with New Base. Obviously, that's a whole different thing. We'll talk about that later. So I'll start with you, Simone. How much have you said you've grown in the leadership role, like from where you began to now? Because even talking to other people on this podcast for the last three years who've been leaders, they've talked about the journey of becoming a leader. Some people are natural leaders. Some people have to grow into becoming leaders. People make mistakes. People learn from mistakes. Where would you say has been the biggest thing that you've learned just becoming a leader? I don't know a specific aspect, but me as a leader, like coming in as a rookie and playing that, I mean, going from, I was holding at first, but then going to center back, I think just that natural position for me to be vocal and be on the team because you're that like sweeper position, right? You have to be vocal, you have to be talking to your teammates. Um, I think that's kind of just been a natural thing of me growing up being a captain on, on a lot of my teams. Um, so I think just through the years, that's kind of been an aspect of my leadership on the field and then I think leadership is most important like when people aren't looking, right? So what I'm doing off the field to help support my teammates. Um, so like getting involved in the community I think has been the biggest thing for me and like new base probably cracked open my shell the most in my mm -hmm. second year and becoming like a visible member and of a like population of being a leader. Right. Um, so I think I've just like gained confidence if anything with myself and who I am and growing. 
Yeah. What about you, Tyrone? Um, I say one of the biggest things I learned is uh, communication. You know, um, I've tried to improve that over the years, especially as I've grown into um, more leadership roles, especially with new base, right? Giving presentations, um, talking in meetings, whatever it is, you have to speak, right? You have to talk to people. But I think also just listening, right? You have soccer teams, typically the biggest team in most sports, right? You have the most members yeah. on the team, right? So yeah, yeah, them are a football team, yeah. Or a football team, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, we don't got a football team here, but yeah. <laughs> so at Nipissing, you know, soccer is probably the biggest, the biggest. Wait, what do you think is bigger, you or hockey? What do you think? So I think us, right? No. Might be hockey, Loki. Don't be. We have like twenty. Our team has like 24, 25 yeah, people. It's it's up there. It's yeah. up there. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. Shout out women's hockey, by the way. <laughs> Shout out women's hockey. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just you have 24, 25 people on a team. There's a lot of different personalities, mm -hmm. right? Um, and a lot of things that um you have to talk about. Some people might receive things better than others, and then you throw in the elements of. Um, coaches too, right? I'm kind of the bridge as captains. We're the bridge between yeah, coaching philosophy and what yeah. players think and whatever it is. So finding that balance and listening to teammates, to coaches, and trying to implement different things, um, I say it's the most important thing as a captain. Yeah. So yeah. to make sure everything goes smoothly. Yeah. 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 And just to add to it, because I don't th even think I answered your question to me. <laughs> 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 but like like Ty said, communication is such a big thing. And one thing that I've learned, like especially going into my like career desire, like nonverbal communication is like 90% of our communication. So really, you know, I made a big effort trying to know my players to kind of see, okay, they're yeah. obviously having a bad day. Like, what can I do to help support them? And like, right. like T said, like T. Hey, we all tease. Like being the bridge between your teammates and your coaches, you know, understanding yeah. maybe they're not comfortable enough to talk to my coach. Maybe my coach doesn't want to like necessarily relay that information to the player. So kind of being the bridge of knowing how to speak to someone and like tone of voice and everything is huge. Yeah. And obviously both of you guys have actually had a couple of years where you guys weren't captains. So obviously you had other people who were captains before you. How much of watching them see how they lead kind of played a role in your leadership? Like I know someone you guys said, Michaela, mm -hmm. obviously you can tell you have other captains like Matt and stuff like that. Like how much would you say watching them kind of contribute to how you guys want to become a leader? I know sometimes people look at other people say, mm, I like what they do or mm -hmm. might not want to do it. Like everyone saw the last dance with Michael Jordan. Obviously everyone saw how abrasive he was. So there was this whole debate of, okay, Michael Jordan's leadership style mine I want that yeah. people are saying yeah. LeBron's leadership style I prefer that so Absolutely. I guess I'll start with you Tyrell how much of you watching the people before you lead attribute to how you became a leader it was good they they left a good example right obviously there's things that I love that they did and some things that I didn't agree with whatever it was you pick and choose what works for you and how it carries into your character and delivering messages the main thing I would look for um, in captains prior is just their work ethic on the field right mm -hmm. if i'm preaching something are they or if they're preaching something are they acting on it yeah. and then if they are it's just like okay they're practicing what they preach and that's something that for me coming into this year was important right like especially with practice some days no one wants to practice no. there are days oh. where i didn't want to practice yeah. oh hell no. oh of course, yeah, so, of course. you got to be there right, right. so and sure. when you're there you got to put in that 110 percent. and some days i didn't want to but i knew i had to because if i wasn't than someone else wasn't because I'm seen as a leader on this team. So right. Mm -hmm. Have to show up every day. Right. And even that quick question before, how much, cause I know I talked to even like Shannon about us when I went home during the break and we talked about in terms of obviously being a leader you, is vocal, but also you got to show it. Mm -hmm. For you personally, when you're on the soccer field, how much pressure do you think there was? Because 
I might look to possibly be a leadership role next year. It's just asking you personally, how much pressure was there on you to make sure that you're always at the top of your game, right? Like, so you might have bad days, but obviously a lot of times, like, usually leaders are able to produce, right? Like, mm -hmm. nine times ten, you're not going to find a leader that says stuff and then just doesn't produce. Yeah. So how much pressure was there on you? And if there was, how were you able to deal with that pressure for you personally and even for advice for other people that might want to take on that leadership role? Yeah. Uh, personally, I didn't take it as pressure. Um, I saw it as... Soccer is a game of mistakes. If mm -hmm. there was no mistakes, every game would end 0-0. Zero, zero. So right. that's how I approached it, right? Mm -hmm. And if I make a mistake, it's literally out of my brain because mm -hmm. that ball might come back to me after I just made that mistake. And if I'm dwelling on it, I'm going to make a mistake again. Right. So even if other guys on the team would make a mistake, I'd be encouraging them. I'd be like, hey, listen, don't worry. Move on. Get the next one. So it's just it's just moving on quickly. Short-term memory. Like and it's and learning, right? It's it's how you're gonna grow right. as a leader, especially for people who want to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, like just to go off that, like learning as a player, like learning from whatever, say your captain makes a mistake, like a big part of that is also seeing how they react to yeah, their mistakes. Their like that's the big thing that I I even look at as like, okay, like do you shrug your shoulders? Mm -hmm. Like what's your demeanor when you do make right. a mistake, when you do have an obstacle to get past? Like how do you react to that? So yeah. I think that's a big thing. Yeah, because even like a lot of times too, people had to realize, and I had to learn this too, just seeing like people had to realize, okay, how can I approach somebody? Mm -hmm. Like, can I yell at this person? Yeah. Yeah. Do I have to put my arm around this person? Mm -hmm. Like, do I have to let them be? Like, no, for yeah. you, how long would how long does it take you guys to see, okay, how to, especially for soccer teams, because you guys have so many people, how long do you say it took for you guys to know how to treat each person? Like, for me, same, like I said, like nonverbal communication, like, I'm low-key a people watcher like I love watching people and like just seeing how they react Definitely to things like I watch people watch. during practice to see like like I should as a leader I want to know how my team is right so just seeing how they react to a drill seeing how they're giving 50% they're giving 100% like how they're doing what they're supposed to do or not right so I try to learn in that way and then talk to them at random because obviously like you're not going to be able to see all of them like mm -hmm. out of soccer all the time especially me I'm like I've been off campus this past year so not being on campus was another thing that I wasn't able to see my teammates but yeah, yeah I think yeah it's important to just try to communicate with them as much as you can and like I said like I don't think it's a pressure thing because it's like you're a leader for a reason like yeah. your coaches put you in that situation like you'd hope some captain yeah. But, no, yeah. sure. but like you hope that your coach would put you in that situation for a reason so hopefully gaining that respect I think is a huge thing as a captain to have from yeah. the players because if you don't have respect then you don't really have anything right so. yeah and I think even going back to what we said at the beginning, I think the fact too about ingratiating yourself with your teammates too. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times, especially like at university, like it's not like high school where like you're all the same age from like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Like when I came in my first year, like my oldest teammate was, I was 19. Like Shaver was 27, yeah. like nine, almost eight. I think Shaver was nine years older than our, our youngest guy, like mm -hmm. 10 years older type of thing, yeah. right? But the fact that I liked about Shaver was that like he ingratiated himself with the team. Mm -hmm. So the same with you guys, like you guys, Especially you, Tyrell, because you're definitely older than a lot of guys on your team. Like, you are an old, you're, you're an old man. He's an old man, guys, by the way. He's an old man. <laughs> I'm just playing. But for real, though, but I think the fact that it, being able to grace yourself with your team off the field, mm -hmm. because it's it's one thing to talk to someone, whatever, on the field, but also, too, you need to know that, okay, you care about them off the field. Yeah. And obviously, I had Devin before in the podcast, and he said the same thing. Like, hey, like, I want them, obviously, to be respectful off the field, but it's more than a game. Like, yeah. it's more stuff off the field, right? So just, I think that constant reminder of letting people know that, hey, yes, we bicker, yes, we fight, yes, we talk, ask about each other, but at the end of the day, like, it's still all love like I'm still gonna yeah. care about you more off the field at the end of the day this game can end right now we still gonna be cool yeah. type of thing right so Definitely. and I think on the flip side of that not to be all negative but I think people do need to realize that you're not gonna be best friends you're not gonna be friends mm -hmm. with all your teammates yeah. so I think it's important to kind of 
contradiction what you just said, but right. maybe not wanting to spend time with them off the field or not wanting to be their friend off the field, but understanding that, okay, at the end of the day, we're teammates and I respect you as a like as one of my yeah. teammates and as a player. When we're playing soccer, we're teammates right. and then whatever, once practice ends, once the game ends, that's another relationship that we have. But as we're, like when we're teammates, there should be a respect yeah. aspect. We have one goal. Exactly. Sense, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think even just to end off like this segment, I think the fact that people, I think the one skill that people improve at as we go to, I think we don't realize it, I think the ability to compartmentalize because people go through so much stuff. Like even just yesterday at the time of recording, like I'm going through a lot right now. Like I had a bad day at scrimmage just here. Like I was terrible. Like, I couldn't think straight. But like I think I will say at the very most part though, I think the ability to compartmentalize has improved. And I think even with being a leader, like you have to be able to compartmentalize because there's a lot of times like hey, you might be mad at someone I practice because they didn't do this, they didn't do that. But like obviously soccer, obviously you're gonna be able to pass them. You might have to pass me. Not gonna be like oh, I'm not passing this guy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. passing this girl. Like right. So I think even compartmentalizing what happened. Like you gotta put this stuff aside and just. Exactly. And right. even rage during practice with ball practice or situation and like people were bickering and it's like at the end of the day sometimes you just need to like bite your tongue and say okay you know what I mean and then mm. like in the moment if it's not worth arguing about and like it's wasting time like just bite your tongue say okay say yes whatever and then have a conversation about it after like they talk yeah. about the 24 hour rule like yeah. thinking on your thoughts and then if it's still bothering you bring it up with the person later instead of letting your emotions get, get the best to, you get the best of you in the moment exactly yeah, exactly Like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. Switching gears a bit, obviously, obviously one of the issues we talked a little bit about in the first segment, but like new base. So obviously we're all part of new base. It's it's bittersweet because obviously we knew when we started this thing we'd have a good, a solid core of three years, and obviously this is now the third and final year with the core. Obviously, four of you guys, including the both of you, are leaving. Um, I'll start with you, Simone. You know, you talked a little bit about it, but kind of what has this experience meant for you to kind of start a group like this and be part of a group like this and kind of seeing how much we've done in just three years? Like, absolutely life changing, honestly. Like, I just think of my university experience and coming to the school, like, knowing it's a small school, like, great but then being able to build something in such a small community and see how much growth and how much hard work we put into it and like the success that it's gotten like yeah. unbelievable it's meant a lot to me just like to be a leader not only right in the athletic department but in the community as a whole and to connect with you know some of the high schools our mentorship program like just kind of build like an interior family like a BIPOC you know and yeah just marginalized groups in the community and connect with one another and continue to educate others, mm -hmm. like it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Especially going to like policing, like that's yeah. a huge goal, right? Like mm -hmm. I think working with vulnerable populations, working with minority groups, like it's a big part of being out in the community and supporting community members. So yeah, it's been a good growth play for me. Yeah, and by the way, at the time I was recording, it was like a week ago, but when it comes out, it'll be two weeks ago that you just received a Dave Marshall Leadership Award. Congratulations. All of us here are, all three, all three of us here, all three of, all three of us here are Dave Marshall Leadership Award winners. And I said, I have to flex on them because I have to say, it, just like MJ, we got six Dave Marshall Leadership Award winners. Look at the camera, we got six of them, like MJ, got six of them. Um, but honestly, though, like you deserved it, but kind of like, me and Ty and Dev when we were last year, it was so different because we had to still wear masks and like it was there yeah. wasn't people that we couldn't eat afterwards. You got the you got a normal experience, but like oh, I got some cheesecake. Out yeah, there. whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, talk about, talk about, talk about. You got cheesecake. Came, then. Damn, 
What? <laughs> Ty, we, we all we had was a mask. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Munching on your mind. Right. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But seriously, though, like, for you personally, like, what did it mean to you to win the most prestigious award at the university? Like, it's, I didn't know about it until Q and Shannon won it in 2021. Like, I always tell people all the awards I've won, I didn't hear about them. Yeah. So, how does it, what does it mean to you to know that your legacy is cemented? Because in the fact that they have those beautiful things near the stats where your name's all on the wall forever. Like, what does that mean to you? It was really special. And like you said, like, I didn't really know about the award until, like, Q and Shannon got it that one year. And then you guys all got it last year. Yeah. Um, but even during the ceremony, like hearing Mr. Marshall like say his congratulations and then just being among all the people that were there like it was obviously split and hearing the it was education campus and community Mm -hmm. the education ones like obviously there are different like categories but like just as a whole like receiving the award like the stuff that the education award winners were doing the stuff that the campus award like it was crazy like the, the amount of leadership that we have in our school and like the changes that we're trying to make as such young people and like like young people are the future right so like it's amazing all of the the things that we've been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time so it was really yeah. special same tyro same question but like you like see so you've been here same thing three years like what how, how has it been for you to be part of this journey um i can say honestly not to be dramatic but since i joined new base like my university life changed mm-hmm. for the better you know i think all of us did to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. i think i think all all, yeah. all six all six of our seven like that's like ten. Can we talk every all, yeah. all of us, man? Yeah, all of like, us. When I the first couple years that I was at Nipissing, like honestly, I was just like, all right, get my degree, get out. Mm-hmm. Cut you know? for real. So was, <laughs> for real. I wasn't really looking to be a leader. I wasn't yeah. really looking to branch out and you know do different things. I'm just trying to ball and go home. Mm-hmm. That's real. You know? Ball and go home, bro. Come on. <laughs> that's man. that's what I thought Dead I wanted, yeah. and then Same. once I saw the changes that we were able to make, I was like, holy mm-hmm. crap. Yeah. Like, it's not even it's, we could even grow even more. It's not even that. I think the fact that we saw the change that needed to be made. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because everyone knows about I know it's old news, but like it's still it's it's the origin of our story. Like that statement. Yeah. yeah. Like obviously, like we've grown from that, so I'm not gonna get into it now because like we've done that. But just the fact that once that happened, like okay, we said, okay, we need to do something. Yeah. 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 And I think because COVID, like we were home mm-hmm. and you had a time to self-reflect. Now I always tell this story, I always say, listen, like I was 19 going on 20, and I had to look in the mirror and say, Yo, like, have you done anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, No. Yeah. And I say, No, it was time for change. But the thing that I appreciate the most, especially being one of the four core is the fact that you guys wanted to be part of it. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I'll think about it now. Nah. Like you guys were like, when yeah. and where? When and where? Yeah, as soon as I heard, I was like, yeah, this is something that needs, needs to change. To, exactly. yeah. need to be a part of yeah. to, yeah. you know, see it come to fruition. Because I had, what, three, mm-hmm. four more years? Because mm-hmm. uh, like, that was 2021. So, yeah, to, you, were about yeah. To, you were just finished your undergrad. I just, yeah, yeah I was just, yeah, I was like, this is something I need to Damn, be a part time, of. Eh? Time, Like, it was crazy. just such a crazy year. And, like, yeah. just everything that we built in that short, like, it was, I feel like our first year was, like, just dealing with. It was just a, it was a foundational year. All the yeah. meetings and, like, mm-hmm. getting all the nitty gritty stuff out of Meeting the stakeholders, like, yeah. Yeah. Huge. Cause we said, cause I know, me and Shan talked about like a lot on the phone that year. We said like, let's use this first year as a foundational year. Yeah. Cause the only thing we really did that year was like the time to educate and then the t-shirts. Right. Yeah. So we just said, okay, let's just use this first year as a foundational year. Let's just meet who we need to meet with. Let's mm-hmm. build the relationships. And then when we came back fall 2021, mm-hmm. yeah. let's hit the floor running. Yeah. yeah. Right. So last year, obviously we did a lot of stuff. Like we did the mentorship program, just shoot for change. Mm-hmm. Like how much, like I said, how, I, I'm like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, when I did Shoot for Change last year, like, it, it was something, like, that hit different just because, like, something that, an idea that came up with COVID, like, and to see, like, people wearing the t-shirt. To this day, people, I see people wearing the t-shirts, yeah. the money we raised. 
um, like people now with the other schools now, like to see mm-hmm. everything That's we've crazy. done. Like for you, for you personally, for you guys personally, you guys are both in the mentor program. What does it mean when you guys see little kids in the community that people are like thanking us, saying, "Hey, like thank you for what you're doing," and like people are impacted, even like like teachers here mm-hmm. are saying thank you for the stuff you're doing. What does it mean yeah. to you guys to see that we've made such a big impact in just three years? It's amazing because I think even members of the community and like teachers who have been here for time, it's like this has never been a thing before. So yeah. it's like for them to see the change and like positive change in not only the community but like the school community, like it must be like a switch for them yeah. also because it's like, oh, I've also not been doing anything and mm-hmm. probably have been Woke just, up a a, right? Like allowing yeah. myself to not educate myself whatever. Like 2020 obviously was a big flip in a, a lot mess, of things, yeah. right? But I think it was really important for people to self-reflect and be like, you know what, this should, this is something that should have been done time ago, but wasn't. And thank God we have leaders in our school that have made the time and effort to make these changes. Yeah. What were you talking about, bro? I think, too, if you really look at the amount of work we've done, the time that we've done it in. Yep. Like, I'm not trying to beat our own drum, but. No, beat it. No, I'll beat it. No, I'll beat it. No, I'll beat it. No. It's impressive. It's like. You still look at our first year, it was basically over Zoom. It was Zoom. It was. We started this group over Zoom. You know what I'm saying? On social media. So basically, we only had two years to enact everything that we've done, make connections, go out in the community, change the university for the better, in a sense. And seeing how far we've come, it's it's rewarding. It's like it empowers you to feel like you can do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, and, that, and that's how I feel too, because like even someone talked about how much he's grown in his role as being a leader in Dubai. Like same thing. Like, like I tell you, you met me in my first year, but someone well, we didn't really talk a lot first year. But like, if people that met me in my first year, like I was not really trying to talk to nobody. Like it's a ball and go home. Didn't really go out. Yeah. And then this opportunity hit, and it was just like, like I always tell Q and Shannon, thank you, because like they saw something in me, said so you could do this, right? Yeah. They they pushed me. Same with Kai. Shout out Kai. Like, yeah. but like. I just think like just what we've done like honestly like nothing could beat we've done so much but I think the one thing that tops it all without question the fact that we started the bursary oh yeah 100%. no no Definitely. question no question 100%. oh my goodness that's crazy that's that's almost like <laughs> that's the one I like know our work's not done yeah, that's almost the cheer yeah, that was that cheer. was the that's, one. Like top, that's like bolded yeah everything else, but because I think the bursary in terms of like Nipissing as a university, but then you look for shoot for change. I think for like the OUA, like you look yeah. at how long um, shoot for the cure has been around, yeah. right? And like how big that is. Like shoot for change should be a OUA wide, like every school. New sports, yeah. That's the goal. Like remember, that's how shoot for cure. That's why I got the inspiration from shoot for the cure. Remember, right. it's, an, it's a national thing, yeah. yeah. Right. So like, and this is the thing that I'm appreciating because people realize, okay, this needs to be done mm-hmm. yeah. because I did even like the fact that like the Raptors got involved with it this year is like it's yeah, crazy, right? Crazy. And like the thing that got them was the fact that because last year when I was doing the research, I had to look at it. Remember, I think it's improved now, but like last year when I did it, under 50 percent of U Sports schools had a bipod bursary. Yeah. yeah, under 50, and there's 56. Yeah, so under 28 had a bursary. Crazy, right? And like, how many black, how many black student athletes are there across U Sports? You can see, you look at a lot, even our school, like majority of black students are athletes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, why yeah. not yeah. make something to make a bigger cause? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Make right. Use of something. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. So like, there's so many things we've done, but like, like the mentorship program has been amazing. Like, just so I'm gonna ask you first because you obviously had another opportunity this year to really join the future black females and really mm-hmm. get involved with that. What did it mean to you to, for? It, and you know what's the crazy thing? I'll, let me say this first, though. Like, I was so happy when you wanted to join it just because, like, I know 
me, Tyler, all the other guys talked about it. We said, listen, it can't, it can't just always be dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, when no further, when you joined it, like, it was, it gave another voice, it gave another oh, perspective yeah. of like a black woman mm-hmm. to be here, right? So, like, obviously, with you having the opportunity to be with, like, you know, shout out Reagan Baker, who's an alum, you know, working mm-hmm. at Chippewa, shout out Reagan, you know, to be a part of future black females and to do presentations to meet young black girls in the community, what did that mean to you to really take your position to a whole different level this year? It was really inspiring because, yeah, like you said, like, a lot of the things that we do is, like, re- not revolve, but, like, from a black male's perspective, potentially, like mm-hmm. unconscious bias that you have, like speaking, like it's your own lived experiences, right? So I think coming from another perspective and being able to connect with other black women in the community was huge. Like being able to connect with Reagan and doing that with all the Chippewa black girls, like they were so happy. And it was like really heartwarming to, for me to just connect with them and to be able to have like real conversations, you know, like straight up real talk in a room, mm. like all laughing because yeah. of just yeah. stuff that, you know, that <laughs> yeah. we notice and it's like, yeah, yeah. like straight, like mm. why did that happen, right? Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was really special to go beyond, you know, connecting as a BIPOC community, but then with black females specifically. Yeah, exactly. Tyrell, for you personally, like I said, when I named you the mentor program director, I thought it was perfect because you obviously, you're very good with talking to people. Like I said, you're very organized. You have a lot of knowledge. I always tell people the story, like the story that you told me, the group in Algonquin, when we first did it two years ago about the, the taxi story. Mm. Right, you were talking about the tax too, and I always remember that because I obviously knew about the other stuff. But for you, for you to tell the story, I was like, I was like, yeah. damn. And I always tell people that story because I never, I don't forget it. Mm. But how has it been for you to really be in this role, the mentorship program director, where you're actually able to make presentations? You're going to teaching, so I feel like it sets you up perfectly for your profession. Like, how has it been for you to be in a role that actually sets you up for what you're about to do? Um, it was perfect, honestly. It made me learn a lot as well going to do the presentations, um, doing research about um, what needs to be talked about, what's not being talked about enough. I learned so much just by doing, by putting everything together with Simone too, right? So it's just like, that's what I love to do. I love learning. And if I can learn throughout the process of going, of doing something, I'm more enveloped in it and I want to continue and push and even make it better than than it's been. So. Um, it's been really rewarding and seeing the response that I've gotten from students, yeah. from teachers, yeah. um, from principals. Like it's been, it's been really rewarding, and I'm glad that you know we were able to do that for the community and for Nipissing. I know, right? So I appreciate it too because like even like me, like I never really did presentations like that. We did the first one in COVID, but like yeah. not too much. But like I just knew like when we redid the model of like, how the execs were, I just knew you'd be the perfect guy. And I just seen how much people like respond to like the presentations from when we did Algonquin to. Obviously, last this past Valentine's Day when we did it for our Black History Month workshop, which was really amazing. Like it was just really cool to see the evolution of everything. Everything that we talked about for the last from that year, COVID, we did everything right. Yeah. So it's been amazing. Speaking of that, you know, in two days, you know, we're doing our celebrate the culture. The time recording, but like in two <laughs> days, you know what I mean. But in two days, you know, I always said, you know what, like this might be my favorite event. But we talked about this for two years. We're finally doing it. We're finally doing something with yes. the culture. We talked about it for two years. So, you know, finally two years, Saturday, Saturday, March 25th at the Davidi Club. You know, doors open at nine. Like, it's going to be a lit night. Get there. For real. Like, there. like you said, like, for real. How excited are you guys to do this event? Like, I've, I've always said I might look um, be more excited than shoot for change. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm Especially in North Bay. Like, yeah. dude, like, There's nothing. we need kind of that setting to... Have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I'm tired of hearing my country night at the Fox, bro. Like, yo, nah. something else, man. Don't get me wrong. You know, country can go on. It's good. Uh, but, like, uh, at huh? the same time, like, there's certain days where you just want to hear. We need something else. 
And, you know, we just don't have that in North Bay. So the fact that we're able to put this together finally, it's going to be a good night. <laughs> Two years since we talked about it, it's finally happened. Like I said, Saturday, March 25th. Like if you, if you, For all people that bought the tickets already, if you bought your tickets, appreciate it. There will be tickets at the door. It's $10. Drinks will be there that are purchased at the bar. There will be some chips there, like some small food stuff. Like I said, Saturday, March 25th. <laughs> Ah, now nah, I'm gonna say it one more time. Saturday, March 25th, <laughs> doors open 9 p.m. at the Davidi Club. So if you want to search up Davidi Club, it's not that far from here. Like I said, you buy your tickets. Appreciate you. If you haven't, there will be tickets there. Everyone knows DJ Bangers. I don't have to say who he is. <laughs> it's me. It's me. So you're gonna have a good time. But um, yeah, like I said, just talking about new base has been amazing. Like I said, um, it's been it's really gonna be sad to see you guys go. Like I said, it's been four years of well no well, three years of us i know it's i don't know it's gonna be hard like i said it's, next year's gonna be really weird for me personally just talking because i know a lot of the friends that came in with like for, you know smaller 2019 like people that came in like oh, are gonna be gone now because four years yeah. you know it's like becoming friends same with Devin. like it's gonna be really really weird next year kind of being not by myself but just a lot of people that yeah. i've been accustomed to for four years kind of kind of move on but um see we've talked about a lot today <laughs> um you know it's been a great episode really appreciate talking to you guys but um just I guess that's to wrap it up. Like, I'll start with you, Tyrone. It's a pretty simple question. How do you want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? Wow. That's a big question. That's a loaded one. That's right a big there. question. It's tough for me because I don't necessarily, it sounds bad, but I don't necessarily care what people have to think of me. <laughs> but um, I know my actions have spoken for themselves. So I want to be remembered as. I guess a positive person within the community and someone who was willing to enact change and put his 110% into everything. Soccer, school, extracurriculars. I always did, that was my philosophy. If I'm gonna do something, I should do it right. And I feel like I've done that. So that's kind of how I wanna be remembered for my work ethic. What were you, Simone? Damn, Ty. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, this is the fact that you started with, I don't really care what you think nah, about me. Nah, you have to kick I, rocks. I, mean, but I don't I F with you. That. <laughs> that was the point I was yeah. going to make. Like, to, at the end of the day, you're not going to, you know, be friends with everyone. Like, everyone just yeah. has, I always bring it back to, like, just, you know, your own bias. Like, everyone has their own lived experiences of, like, whatever, whatever they go through. So there isn't going to be everyone who's completely agreeing with you 100% of the time. I think that you're maybe doing more wrong than good if everyone agrees with you because there's a lot of opinions in the world yeah um but yeah i think just being remembered as someone who's very compassionate um and having a good work ethic because those are two things that i you know hold to myself every day and just trying to better myself every day by you know doing little things whether it's within my athletics within my studies um yeah i just say good leader just a good person yeah yeah well, we talked a lot in this episode. Like I said, for me personally, it's been great being friends with you guys. Three years of new base has been, like you said, life-changing. Yeah. It's going to be really weird not seeing you guys here next year, but it's not over yet. We still got a few more weeks until the banquet. We obviously, we got one final event. I'm saying it one more time. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, March 25th. Like I said, Davidi Club, doors open at 9. Celebrate the culture. You do not want to miss it. Yeah. For people who bought tickets, I appreciate you. If you haven't, buy your tickets. There will be tickets at the door. As well, like I said, there's gonna be drinks there for at the bar. That'll be five dollars, no more than that. It's pretty affordable. So like I said, you can have a good time. But you're not there. Where are you? For real, real like I said, no, you, ain't nothing going talk. on. Ain't nothing going on that Saturday night, anyways. Trust. Ain't nothing <laughs> going on. So what you saying? But 
But honestly, though, like on a serious note, like I said, I appreciate you guys. It's like I said, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all everything you've done with New Base for the last three years. Like I said, I, I always said I mean like I could not have done it without you guys. Like you guys made this so much fun and easy to work with. Each of you guys stepped, you know, stepped up when you guys need to. Like I said, you guys last year at some point had to tell me let us help you. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate. Like I said, you guys are gonna do amazing things once you guys graduate. Um, like I said, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. you. Thank you, Tejan. And with that said, that is a wrap on another edition of the Lakers Locker. I want to thank my guests, Tyrell Chambers and Simone Branch. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh, you can find the video first interview on YouTube or on social media. And, <laughs> and listen to the full interview on all podcast streaming platforms. Appreciate you guys. Easy. Peace.